Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 100 Years, 100 Movies, The Revenge. We're in the home stretch now. Um, we really only have three episodes left. I, I wanted to end this season the way that I started um, by talking about some franchises that are loosely um, associated with one another. So we're going to be finishing up talking about uh, some other non-MCU comic book franchises. And I think as a counterpoint, it would be interesting to look at the literal distinguished competition of Marvel, um, Marvel's MCU, which is the DCEU, the Detective Comics Extended Universe. And in case you're wondering, yes, DC stands for Detective Comics. Um, the DCEU is an interesting franchise in that um, they kind of stumbled out the gate, fell on their fucking face, and <laughs> got dragged through the mud, and are slowly but surely have picking themselves up, dusting themselves off, and getting ready to um, kind of make a go for it. So there's eight movies um, in this franchise so far, and I'm going to go ahead and rank them. And this is a very subjective ranking. Um, I'm going to preface it with this. I am a huge fan of DC Comics. I love DC Comics, and unfortunately these movies aren't, especially the first ones, are not really representative of a lot of the tone of DC Comics. And the, by that I mean, yes, there are very uh, serious DC Comics, but the main majority of them are fucking silly as shit, and I love them for that. They uh, also kind of have more... They're more um, lighthearted overall than the Marvel Universe because in DC, superheroes are revered mostly. They're looked up upon. I think the problem is that we live in a post-Watchmen, post um Dark Knight Returns world, where we want to kind of make everything grimy and gritty. And especially at this time, we were in a post-Nolan Batman trilogy um, world. And those movies are notoriously um, dark and gritty. But I think those are the things that kind of added up to starting this, this series of movies off just on the wrong foot. <clears throat> and really, I mean they didn't necessarily stumble right away. Like, it, it really kind of came with that second movie. And, um, yeah, like, we're um, we're going to talk about it. Because even though I don't really like talking about it, because I, I find this movie... Uh, when I watched it, it was enraging. But we're going to talk about Batman v Superman, which I, I, I do not like. I, I'm going to choose my words wisely before I go on a rant about how bad this movie is. But that's all to say, um, I think... A lot of my dislike of these early movies, of, of some of the movies in this franchise is because I I know they can be done better. <laughs> Hell, some of the later movies have shown they can be done better. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to rank these eight movies. Um, now, these are my favorites, and this is extremely subjective, but I think the best movie so far in the DCEU is Shazam. Fucking fight me. I don't care. Shazam's the best one. Followed by Aquaman, Birds of Prey from earlier this year, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, Justice League, Suicide Squad, and, of course, at the bottom, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, the DCEU, I think, also is is interesting because um, they were really trying to emulate what Marvel did, but trying to play catch-up at the same time, and in doing so, I, I really think that's what kind of led to some fatal errors, especially when Zack Snyder was um, involved. And not to say this is all Snack Snyder's fault, because it's not. But um, I really felt like they were trying to chase the popularity of some earlier DC movies. And in doing so, 
it kind of came to bite them in the ass. So um, the DCEU started in 2013 with Man of Steel. This is five years after um, Iron Man. And Man of Steel is... Well, the first half is a really good Superman movie that has some weird choices with his dad, but um, it just kind of devolves in the last hour into this incoherent mess that... um, I mean, if you grew up in the 90s liking, like, Reign of Superman, you probably enjoyed it. And to be fair, for a certain part of it, like, the first five minutes, I thought that was pretty awesome. And then I was just kind of like, shit, this is still going. Um, so, yeah, so I should I should probably backtrack. So Man of Steel, like I said, came out in 2013. This is right after um, the Batman Nolan trilogy came um, finished. So in 2008, The Dark Knight came out, which is the best Batman movie. And it, that's the same year that we got Iron Man, which is the, the movie that started the MCU. And, you know, right away, I mean, you have Batman, who is a much darker character to begin with. So, of course, we're going to get a much darker movie than Iron Man. And we have this tonal difference. And I guess David Goyer, Zack Snyder, and Christopher Nolan, because he was a producer on Man of Steel, all thought we should run with this darker tone that we have with um, with the Dark Knight movies, which had just ended the year before with um, The Dark Knight Rises. And kind of diff- I, I, I'm assuming that the idea was that we're going to differentiate ourselves because we're going to be more serious. We're not going to be lighthearted like the MCU. And that was an interesting choice with, with a character who's main overall um, defining characteristic is that he embodies hope, is to present this in a way that um, he doesn't necessarily represent that, or at least not so much as the movie moves forward. And, you know, when it came out, like I said, there's some really interesting things that are done with this movie. And I think really what hurts this movie is kind of what came afterwards. Um, because they kind of painted themselves in a corner with it. And if you, if you've never seen Man of Steel or if it's, you know, it's been 7 years, you don't quite remember it. Man of Steel, if you if you saw the trailers or if you just like saw this movie without any dialogue, it is fucking phenomenal. It looks beautiful. This thing looks like a comic book splash page in every scene. Um and that that kind of goes back goes to Zack Snyder and his visual style. He's really great at presenting um visuals, you know, like that's his main thing. And you know, unfortunately they took on some of the more interesting um, <laughs> uh, of the the Superman mythos in order to kind of make this movie, and I think in order to kind of make differentiate it, uh, I think also the failure of Superman Return of Superman Returns kind of goes into this because Superman Returns infamously is a movie where Superman never throws a punch, and tone wise, stylistically, I think that movie once again it's got some really good ideas, it just kind of misses out on the, you know, action that you're expecting to see in a superhero movie. Uh, Man of Steel goes the exact opposite way, and we have a lot of um, um, an emphasis on action, but in the beginning, we get this more interesting story that a, a lot of it is kind of taken from um, John Byrne's Man of Steel, from uh, Kurt Busiek's Secret Identity, from... Um, um, uh, Superman Birthright by um, by Mark Wade. These are all different origin stories, and there's elements taken from each of these that I think really makes for an interesting setup for a movie. You know, um, we're, we're kind of introduced to this Good Samaritan that goes around kind of helping people, and we don't really know who it is, and we're introduced to um, to Clark going around trying, not trying to find fame or trying to um, be 
a superhero, but just trying to help people as best he can. And that's an interesting take on Superman. On top of that, like, we have all this weird Kryptonian shit in the very beginning of the movie, which is straight out of the Man of Steel comics and the uh, Mike Mignola drawn later comics that came afterwards, which are about the world of Krypton and how uh, Krypton descended into um, the the um, society that that's shown in, in Man of Steel, um, which... I should probably backtrack and explain. So Man of Steel, the comic, came out in 1985. This is after um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was just done on the Arrowverse, on the uh, CW DC shows, really well. But um, this was a way to kind of wrap up all the continuity issues and um, all these stories that had come for, what, 50 years before this, to kind of make it something into a more cohesive um, narrative and it didn't completely work but it did lead to a lot of interesting stuff and one of those things was having John Byrne just kind of reintroduce Superman and doing a lot of different interesting things and so we get these cues from that but there's a lot of weird shit in those stories which is great and that's what I'm talking about where like this movie kind of starts off in this interesting way it's different yeah it's darker um maybe Paul Kent's a little off because I don't remember Paul Kent ever just telling you know Clark to never help people out <laughs> but um we, we get the beginning of this kind of interesting take on this character. And then we introduce Zod. And, <laughs> and everything just goes out the fucking window at that point to just become this smash fest. Which admittedly was really fucking cool for about five minutes. But it goes on for like 40 minutes. And it is... It gets boring. It's too much. You know? And it's presented in a way where like you don't... I, I know this is supposed to be more of a like inexperienced Superman. He doesn't really know his powers, but just kind of having this Superman that's just indiscriminately destroying property left and right, and probably killing people, or or there's collateral damage where people are being killed. It's an odd. It then becomes kind of an odd take on Superman, and then of course the infamous scene at the end where he snaps Zod's neck and kills him. Um, this is what I'm talking about, like where they kind of paint themselves into a corner where Superman is doing these things where he's presented as almost a villain or at least an antagonist that the U.S. needs to fear because of his power and because of the possibility of other beings just as powerful being out there and trying to destroy, um, possibly trying to subjugate or destroy the world, right? So we kind of start off on this, all right, we kind of stumbled there a little at the end, but we had a good basis, right? And from there, you know, this movie was was pretty popular, popular definitely enough to then greenlight a sequel, which came out in 2016, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which is an utter failure at, in what it's trying to do. So just to, um, to compare to the MCU a little bit, this is basically the same thing as Captain America Civil War. The big difference is that Captain America Civil War is like the 14th movie in that franchise versus the second movie. Um, this is basically like if Iron Man 2, which was the second movie in the MCU, revolved around Captain America showing up and wanting to kill Tony Stark for um, the shit that happened at the end of Iron Man. It's kind of weird <laughs> like that you would jump to this. And, and I understand the um, instinct to go for that because this is very heavily... Um, influenced by The Dark Knight Returns, which is a great comic, but once again, this is a comic that came out in the 80s that was working off of 50 years worth of Batman and Superman stories in order to kind of show, um, to set up that story about these two former friends, now bitter, bitter enemies, who are 
on complete opposite sides of, of what they feel that truth and justice is. And to do that just out the gate after you introduce Superman and it's a very odd choice. And I know a lot of people said, oh, Ben Affleck sucked. Ben Affleck was actually a pretty good Batman. <laughs> like, yes, this is a very different take on Batman as well. He's much more violent. He's kind of a murderer. Um, although there's elements from some of the things that he does that were, I feel were taken from earlier drafts of other Batman stories that are comics that weren't done. I'm sorry, not comics, movies. I'm thinking specifically of Darren Aronofsky's um, take on Batman, which I'm glad that wasn't made because that would have been um, disastrous, as, at least as far as talking about the character of Batman. It would have at least made for an interesting movie, I think, but definitely not not what you would expect from Batman. But regardless, um, we're introduced to, to Batman, and then we're just kind of, Wonder Woman just kind of dropped in there. I mean, at the very least, they had somebody cast that um, was able to shine in like the 12 minutes that she's in this movie, because Gal Gadot, from the get-go, is just she hits it at the park as Wonder Woman. Like, I, I had reservations, like, well, really? Like, this is Wonder Woman? But seeing her in this movie, she's definitely the best thing about this, by far. Um, and, and and like I said, it, it, this doesn't fall on Ben Affleck. This falls more on the choices that were made and how they wanted this movie, to, this story to progress. Um, it, this is basically just, like, let's take a bunch of famous Batman and Superman stories, smash them together, and then we'll figure it out. Because that's what, what happens. I mean... This is basically taking the premise of um, the of Doomsday when he attacks um, Superman in the in the '90s comics, which of course led to the death of Superman, and um, also this the Dark Knight Returns. Like you're smashing you're mashing these two movies together, and then you have this really weird take on Lex Luthor by um, Jesse Eisenberg that kind of really breaks this movie because it doesn't make any fucking sense and then we have like this weird sort of pickle goop monster that's supposed to be doomsday it looks horrible um like i said this movie was an an utter failure at what it wanted to do but i think from the get-go like the ideas that led to this movie being made were kind of destined to fail because they were just so focused on i think the imagery and on trying to catch up to marvel that they didn't put the work in in order to be able to do that successfully like had they done i don't know um just a standalone batman movie and then shown like wonder woman and then maybe had something where you have batman superman either team up or face off but it isn't like the main crux of the story and then that somehow leads to justice league it probably would have been a bit better (laughs) than to just jump straight into like, oh yeah, Batman's older and he's Ben Affleck and he's going to like kill Superman. But then they team up because both of their moms are named Martha. Once again, just something that I think would have worked perfectly fine in a comic doesn't work well in a movie at all. It just comes off extremely stupid. Um, and that that's, I think, is the main feeling of this movie is that they could have done something... Like, I, I think what the reason this movie broke me is because I would have loved for this movie to been great. And I could tell from just the marketing and from the trailers that it wasn't going to be. And even though I had expectations on the floor, it was still fucking worse than I thought it was going to be. This movie is terrible. <laughs> um, so after that, we also got Suicide Squad, which is a movie that is totally cut to ribbons. You can tell that this was edited left and right in a way in order to try to capture a certain feel. It's like it's once again, we get this weird tone where these first two movies are pretty dour, especially that second one. And then now this is supposed to be kind of lighthearted, but it's about villains. So there's still kind of um, 
like this weird tone about it because we can we want to we want you to cheer them but not too much because they're bad guys and of course we have infamously um jared leto as the joker who i think is brilliant in this but not for any reason that i think jared leto not for at all for what he was trying to go for because i think his whole take on what he was trying to do was like i'm trying to make this like a modern day gangster and um like ooh, look at this i'm so gritty and um i'm influenced by hip-hop and, and all this shit but yeah, like, that might have been what he was going for, but what he actually got was something much closer to Cesar Romero chewing up scenery left and right in the trappings of a fucking juggalo. And I think that's that's really stupid, but I think it's brilliant in this movie. I actually think he's one of the best things in this movie because it's so out there, <laughs> like, more than anything. Like, definitely the best part of this is Margot Robbie as, um, as Harley Quinn. And honestly, even Will Smith as... Um, um Deadshot is pretty good um and I think we get like the weird the really weird thing about this movie is we get a glimpse we get this one scene where I think it kind of pays off on what this could have been like this the DCEU could have been like had they planned it out better and there's a sequence with um with Deadshot where he fights Batman and Batman's able to stop him he doesn't kill him because his daughter's daughter's there um, but we just kind of have this, like, movie star quality of these scenes where we have Will Smith and Ben Affleck just being Will Smith and Ben Affleck portraying these characters, and it fucking works, man. <clears throat> and unfortunately, that's like two minutes of this movie. <laughs> so um, we get a glimpse of how this could have been much better, and instead we end up getting this movie where it's fun to see Margot Robbie acting as um, Harley Quinn, <clears throat> and we get a couple of other interesting scenes with characters but overall this movie's a mess it's a fun mess up until the very end where it just devolves into like this weird cgi character that they're fighting that's straight out of like the 19 the mid 90s um but like i i that's where i feel like these that's the main issue with these movies i think is that these early ones especially is that you kind of see that they they were onto something and then they either got cold feet or there was too much meddling or they just failed to make that one last pass and these movies would have been a lot better. Um, the following year in 2017, we got Wonder Woman, which is a movie that I think people loved and I feel like a lot of that love is like, hey, this is competently made. Because <laughs> like, in comparison, this is definitely much better made than the um, than the last two movies. I mean, it's it's better than Man of Steel, but... Um, like better made than Man of Steel, but it's um, it's a movie that I think also kind of suffers in that it's really just kind of retelling Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, like I'm familiar with Wonder Woman comics. Like I've read lots of Wonder Woman comics. Um, I can't think of any Wonder Woman comic off the top of my head where Diana is introduced during World War One. It's always World War II. If we're going back to World War II, um, back to that time frame, it's World War II. It's not World War I. And I feel that that change was made specifically just so that this movie wouldn't be compared to Captain America, the, the first Avenger, which is set during World War II. Now, aside from that weird um, choice, um, this movie is actually a lot of fun. Um, Hattie Jenkins is great in that, you know, directing this movie, Gal Gadot once again continues to shine as Diana, as, you know, Wonder Woman. Chris Pine as Steve Trevor is really great. Um, and then also seeing, like, um, 
the Amazons, Hippolyta and Antiope, in, in the um, on Paradise Island, like they're really great as the Amazons. And this is another movie where it just falls apart in the third act. And for me, like I I understand, like I get the impact of having, you know, Wonder Woman be the first female led um, superhero movie. Um, much much less directed by a woman. Like these are all great things. Like I'm not trying to take away from the importance of this. I just feel that people are looking at this movie through like rose colored glasses because of that, and it's not as good as it is. It's kind of boring. Um, now, admittedly, the first hour of this movie is fucking great, but after that, it just kind of falters, and then that that third act really kind of really just falls apart wherein Wonder Woman has to take on Ares and the choices that are made and how that is presented um, are bad. <laughs> like, once again, Wonder Woman, much like Suicide Squad, much like uh, all these movies we've talk- been talking about, just devolves into this giant CGI fight that just looks hokey and terrible, and that continues with Justice League. Um, and once again, I think like Wonder Woman definitely has... A cut above the movies we've been talking about but um i mean it's as an origin story it, it's fine it's good for a a first movie like to the point where i was really excited to see wonder woman 84 this year um of course you know eventually hopefully we get that but i just feel like it could have been done more but i at the very least i will say that they got the character of wonder woman correct there wasn't some weird take on wonder woman this is basically how wonder woman is you know maybe she's a bit more diplomatic but um in the comments, but aside from that, um, the way that she acts, uh, especially with like her naivete and her um, kind of knowledge and, and the fact that she wants to be fair and that she cares about people, this is Wonder Woman. So they nailed the character, you know, and and at the and, and you know, that one scene where um, she makes a stand in the trenches and is able to just kind of take on out the German army is one of the all time best action sequences in any um superhero movie so there there are definitely a lot of bright spots in that and of course this is all leading up to much like those early um marvel movies to the team-up movie um not avengers but justice league and we got justice league which was a very troubled um um, production in 2017 um after i believe it was after wonder woman like a few months after wonder woman and this movie it's fine. It's um, it's a lesser take on the first Avengers movie, which I think part of that is really coming really comes down to Joss Whedon coming on and having to do reshoots, very obvious reshoots. Um, this movie is this weird mishmash mishmash of two different directors with two very different styles, and it shows. Um, there is stuff in this. There are scenes in this movie that straight out look like they're from another movie. There are sequences where the tone is just completely off and wild. And there's just some stuff that just straight up sucks in this movie. But there's some stuff that's actually pretty good too. And this is a movie that I, when I watched it, I was like, you know, had they taken... And, and I understand that, you know, from a money-making standpoint, sometimes you can't stop production and try to fix things. It's just not possible, you know. You just like you're on the train and you gotta fucking go, you know. Um, but had they taken another pass on that script, had they taken a couple more months maybe to um, try to make things feel a little bit better, we could have actually had a really good movie. And once again, this is like, in looking back at these movies, I just feel like choices were made, which unfortunately didn't work. 
but we get the seeds of this of what could have been really fun really good superhero movies and it just kind of fails um i i mean i can say this much like from a, a nerdy standpoint i'm like all right how can you have a justice league that only starts off with six members the justice league was always seven to begin with it doesn't necessarily have to have superman and batman but there was always seven to begin with and i'm not saying that they had to have like um because like okay the big seven of, of justice league are superman batman wonder woman the flash green lantern aquaman and martian manhunter i'm not saying that you that you had to you, you needed to sub out cyborg it's actually probably a good thing that you have a you know non-white character in there <laughs> and that isn't you know a martian but um i feel like yeah maybe they should have had a green lantern or maybe they should have just tossed in um martian manhunter i, I think it would have helped uh, from a nerdy standpoint much aside from that i think this whole idea of kind of trying to um make things realistic kind of falls apart when you have characters like aquaman and the flash like having the flash in this costume that looks like he built it himself and looks like utter shit like how is it that a multi-million dollar movie has a flash that fucking looks 10 times worse than the one on the tv show like how is that possible um once again, like the Flash is one of my favorite DC characters, so I'm a little miffed. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't need a Flash movie at this point. I have the Flash TV show, and that's all I need. <laughs> that TV show is fucking awesome, and I don't need a movie, especially if they're gonna fuck it up to the degree that that they did with Justice League. Because I'm sorry, Ezra Miller might be a great actor, but he is a terrible Flash. And not to mention, this isn't even what a Barry Allen Flash would look like. Um, and that's me being nerdy realistically, if you're not even looking at that point, this is a character that isn't fun. This is a character that's kind of a creep and who doesn't want to fight, who's supposed... He doesn't even want to save people. This is the fastest guy in the room who doesn't want to do shit because he's too scared. Like, fundamentally, that's a flawed character for a superhero. And maybe that's great for a standalone movie where he has those issues and he's trying to figure those out. And that is very much something that The Flash is always dealing with. But to have him just stop and not be able to do stuff... It, it doesn't work, you know? Um, Aquaman's, like, a lot of fun in this movie. I can say that Jason Momoa kick, kills it. Um, but once again, we kind of, we get... Um, ben Affleck, I mean, very famously was, like, saddened by <laughs> by people's reaction to Batman v Superman. And, and you just see him going through the motions in this movie, and especially in those reshoots where he's not even in shape. And not that, you know, not that Ben Affleck has to be, like cut to shit in order to play batman but when you are cut to shit in earlier scenes and then all of a sudden you got a dad body kind of it kind of you kind of notice the difference in the same movie it's all i'm saying you know like i'm not trying to body shame anybody or anything it's just all i'm saying is that it's fucking noticeable and i think it probably wouldn't have been it would have been less noticeable had the fucking effort that he's giving not change so dramatically like if you see the like this is what i'm talking about where like these scenes are jarring where you can just fucking tell that people aren't into this and this, like I said, this movie is just super uneven, and 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 yet, and yet, it has that kernel where, like, this could have been better, and who knows, maybe this, I doubt it, but maybe the Zack Snyder cut will actually be better, who fucking knows, um, I mean, they're taking the money, they're taking their time, so with those things alone, it'll probably at least look better, um, so we have now a franchise that is in free fall, like, they're leading up to what is supposed to be the biggest movie in their franchise, a movie that's starring three of the biggest characters in comics. And when I mean three, I mean like the three biggest of all time out of 
in all comics. Like, uh, you can argue that they're the three biggest. You can maybe toss in Spider-Man and, and say they're, two, it, regardless, they're three of the top four, if they're not the top three in total. And you have this movie where everyone fucking knows these characters. You've already established half of the team. And yes, you kind of establish the other ones in like little YouTube videos in Batman v Superman, which once again, it's a fucking stupid idea. Um, but this movie just doesn't work. It just doesn't hit with people because it's fundamentally uneven and honestly, probably unfinished. <laughs> like they, they rushed it out. This movie probably wasn't even done. Um, I mean, admittedly, you also have, um, like, at the very least in this movie, once um, they resurrect Superman, at least he's less of a dick, and uh, he's more closer to the Superman who you'd have hope in, you know? Um, But regardless, you know, uh, at this point, we're in a franchise where everything's up in the air, and things are getting um, canceled left and right, Um, everyone starts panicking. But in that panic, I think we end up getting a new direction, and we end up kind of having um people that are maybe starting to be like all right well fuck it let's just do this thing and with that attitude of fuck it let's just do this we get aquaman in 2018 and aquaman is a fucking blast aquaman is probably one of the dumbest superhero movies i've ever seen but it's also one of the most fun i mean maybe one other movie where you're gonna have people literally riding around on sharks fighting people riding around on gigant on giant sea dragons and seahorses you can't, because no other movie's ever tried to do something that fucking stupid in a movie before. And I think a lot of it kind of comes down to Jason Momoa's just, his charisma, like, the fact that he's kind of, you can tell he's having a lot of fun doing this movie. Um, much like in Justice League, he he is the highlight of this. Um, Amber Heard is is really good as Mira as well. Um, having Nicole Kidman as, as Atlanta. Like, once again, we just have people that are having fun. And this movie is just fun. This is like a 90s superhero movie with a bigger budget and better effects. Um, I, I really enjoy Aquaman. I, part of me is like, this movie isn't good in that sense. You know, it's not on the level of like a Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But it's tons of fun. And realistically, it's Aquaman, man. Like... If you can't have fun with Aquaman, you have a guy that fucking talks to fish in this movie. Like, just run with it. And this movie is just really fun to see. And and in a way, I think Aquaman kind of heralds, like, all right, the sea change where we're going to start having movies that are, that are more fun, which I think then leads to what I feel is the best of the, all these movies so far, and that's Shazam, um, which came out in 2019. Shazam stars um, Zachary Levi and Asher Angel as... Billy Batson slash Shazam. Um, so just for a quick history lesson, Shazam was a character from Fawcett Comics that is basically, um, what if a little kid becomes Superman? Like, that's really what Shazam is. Uh, and for a while there in the 1930s, Shazam was more popular than Superman. And probably because of that, or as he was known back then, Captain Marvel. Because originally he was Captain Marvel, but of course, in the 70s, um, DC, who bought out Fawcett Comics and then was able to publish Captain Marvel Comics, kind of uh, let the um, um, the rights sort of expire and, you know, Marvel Comics at that point jumped on and started their own Captain Marvel comic. And eventually it led to the point where they had to call Captain Marvel Shazam. So that's why we have a movie called Shazam instead of Captain Marvel. Even though in 2019 we actually also had a movie called Captain Marvel. Of course, that's the Marvel version. I know, comics confusing. But Captain Marvel is just a super... Um, <laughs> Captain Marvel Shazam... Shazam is just a very fun character because we have what ends up being like 
the superhero version of Big, where we have this kid who um, is trying to find his birth parents and ends up stumbling onto like being able to become a superhero and ends up trying to use it for his own personal gain in a way that I think most teenagers would. He like asks people for money when he saves them. He tries to buy beer, which, you know, him and, and his um, foster brother, Freddie, don't like. So then they trade the beer in for um, candy and soda. Um, this movie's a lot of fun. And we have um, Mark Strong in this, who was probably the best thing in, in the um, Green Lantern movie that had come out years before as Sinestro, who is now Dr. Savannah. And he's a great villain. And we also have... Um, David F. Sandberg directing this, who is a horror director more than anything. And so we get this these instances of straight-up horror in this movie. And not that there's a lot of them. There's just a couple. But they're really well done. And it's almost like this is a kid's movie. And it has this... This feels like one of those 80s kid's movies where horrible shit can happen at times. And it's not like they're horrible movies or they're horrific or anything like that. But things happen, you know? And, and it's okay. And this movie is just great. Like, And, and for me, I think what it really hit was just the fun of Shazam. I mean, this is a character that whose best friend is a talking tiger. <laughs> this is a character whose main, main villain is a fucking worm <laughs> that is the smartest um, being in the universe who has a little radio projector so he, people can hear him talk um, and who actually shows up in this fucking movie at the end of it, which I was like, oh my God, they did Mr. Mind. I can't believe this. Um, this this movie is just a lot of whimsy. It's tons of fun. It it's great. It, it this movie is a blast. Um, I I really enjoyed Shazam, and and I think it really it really shows what can be done with with DC properties if you just kind of embrace the inherent silliness that there can be in in DC. And I'm not saying that all these movies had to be like that, but some of these movies definitely do. You can embrace the silliness in a, in a Superman movie. You can in a Batman movie too, but maybe you don't want to and that's perfectly fine, you know? But um, not every character is Shazam, not every character is Superman, you know? Not every character is Batman. You don't need to have them all kind of act the same way. Um, and so in a way, I think these movies kind of led to a course correction. And we have that continuing with, um, well, it was originally called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, uh, which everyone just calls Birds of Prey because that title is a damn mouthful. Um, this movie was directed by Kathy Yan. Once again, has uh, Margot Robbie coming back to play Harley Quinn, and she it continues to be phenomenal with Harley Quinn. And we have an introduction of a bunch of Marvel, of um, Gotham City-centric characters that have at one point or another been in the Birds of Prey, including Rosie Perez's uh, Renee Montoya, who actually technically really wasn't in the Birds of Prey, but fuck it, I'll allow it. <laughs> we get Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as the Huntress, um, Journey Smollett as Black Canary, um, and even like Ella, ba Ella J. Bosco as Cassandra Kane, um, who is completely different from the way she is in the comics, but that's perfectly fine. Um, we also get Ewan McGregor just chewing scenery left and right as Roman Sionis, Black Mask. Um, and we even get Doc, uh, you know Victor Zaz, played by Chris Messina in this, who is a lesser-known um, Batman character, although he is in Batman Begins. Um, and it's just interesting to even see that he's in this. Um, this movie, I think, continues to just be fun, and it has the manic energy that you would expect from Harley Quinn, who is the character who's basically schizophrenic. Um, and not I'm saying that she literally is schizophrenic, but she kind of she kind of is. Um, 
And this movie is just really fun. And I think these last few movies in particular kind of show that even if you stumble, you can still kind of continue to make money and continue to make a franchise if you're willing to stick with it and willing to kind of listen to the fans and what they liked and what they didn't like. Um, now, does that do I think that the DCU's, DCEU is going to continue to do well? I hope so. I definitely do, you know, and I hope that maybe one day we'll eventually get another Justice League movie with, you know, possibly a different Batman. I'm assuming Robert Pattinson's Batman is probably going to be end up end up being part of this DCEU. Um, or maybe not. Maybe we'll end up getting everyone recast. I have no idea. Um, but with movies like Wonder Woman 84 and The Batman with Robert Pattinson, who's going to fucking kill it as, as the Batman? Trust me on that. And, um, you know, a sequel to Suicide Squad and a sequel to Shazam, I'm really looking forward to the future at some point, eventually, of the DCEU. So um, that's that's it for today for the DCEU. We're going to continue talking about comic book franchises with another great and uneven franchise next time with the X-Men.